0: hello i'm matt peterson and i'm rich trapier and this is episode 24 of history on the table hey rich how's it going it's going great good to talk to you again i don't
1: i don't think we've really talked much since our last recording i think we've texted here and there we've talked
0: like on forums but hey rich do you do you remember on monday night when we played an rpg (laughs)
1: oh god i forgot about that already yes i do remember that now how did i forget that
0: you know what it's funny because i failed my sanity check yes you did (laughs) um before we started i was i was seriously thinking i was like man it's been a while since i talked to rich and then i it clicked to me too i was like oh shit we just talked on monday (laughs) yeah we finished that one up yeah well part one of uh, call of cthulhu yeah i'm really uh i'm liking that i'm liking that a lot um yeah, I think you were telling me on Monday that you uh, you conned your daughter into pulling silver bayonet off the shelf.
1: I didn't con her at all. That was the one she picked. It was crazy. It was funny because she uh, she's been she's been definitely willing to play more games with me lately. We've been playing D and D and we've been playing some other stuff and I said, you know, I really want to find a war game that, that you and I will both enjoy. So I just want I want you to pick it. You know, there's tons of stuff here. And she goes, well, do you have any World War II games? (laughs) And I just laughed. I'm like, yeah, I might have a couple. (laughs) So I showed her, like, my World War II collection and everything, starting to think, okay, what's a simpler one we could play World War II? And then then she looked up and she goes, well, what is Silver Bayonet? I'm like, oh, well, that one is actually – we had actually talked about that one a year or so ago because she was intrigued by the hidden movement part of it, so – um yeah, I told her about that one. I said, well, that's not World War II, it's Vietnam. And I said, But yeah, if you wanna if you wanna get that one out, we'll play that. So we just haven't had time to play it this week, but probably next week we'll get started on that. Nice. And Silver nice, Banet's nice too, because it's got all those intro scenarios that are literally just like a single piece of paper is the whole map. And, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And they're fun. Like yeah. not only are they good intros, but they're good fun scenarios.
1: Yeah. So I think she's gonna be wanting to play the Vietnamese though, because I think she wants to be hidden.
0: Sure, sure. Well, then you got to get the full map out. So, yep. Uh, she's probably a little young to watch. Watch, we were soldiers, though, huh?
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's too bad because then you could tie a movie in. But maybe yeah. at some point, that's cool that uh, she's at least interested enough to pull a war game off. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh well I don't think much is like there hasn't been any like we did a tour of stuff at the beginning of the year but it's been pretty slow and steady the big thing you know I'll save all the other crap for the, the end of the show but I just want to announce that registration is open for Sorkfest I'm confident enough with how things are going in the world and how vaccines are rolling out and all that stuff that we'll be able to have a a responsible and safe and good and well attended uh, convention this summer so july 30th through august 1st in overland park kansas historic fest featuring next war con and designers mitchell land and mike denson for last hundred yards yeah. um there'll be a link in the show notes there's a facebook page all that stuff should be a good time
1: i cannot wait i'm going yeah Um, i'm actually we're gonna we're gonna bring the family make a weekend of it i'm the only one that's gonna be attending the con but my wife she went to school in new york kansas city so she's still got a few friends there and yeah gonna eat some barbecue we're gonna go to the world war one museum have a good oh yeah
0: that'll be uh when you're at the world war one museum dip down just go right down the hill to union station it's free you can walk around and just just to see the architecture yeah uh, totally worth it and there's like uh, I don't know if you guys are into there's a free mini train exhibit and if you like that you can see it or if you don't you don't have to but just going inside Union Station is uh, really cool nice
1: I can't wait though and Miss, I would missed out on everything last year and I need it back. right
0: if you're not afraid of heights pay <laughs> the extra to go up you take an eleva- rickety ass elevator up to the <laughs> top of the Liberty Memorial and then you got to go up like three, fight- three flights of spiral stairs
1: so it's Liberty Memorial. Is that a, a building, a tower? What so is
0: that is it's a memorial. It's a tower that sits on top of the World War One Museum. The World War One Museum was built in this location because Liberty Memorial is the one place that I want to say. I always mix it up. I think it was the top generals for each of the um, Allied nations. So Russia, England. United States and France all met at Liberty Memorial it's like the one spot where they met hmm. and they after unveiled the war, it I assume yeah they unveiled the memorial sometime after the war okay and so like the museum is fantastic and then like up above there's two other art exhibits with these like big sphinxes and then this giant um, memorial and you can go to the top and get the best view of Kansas City it's really nice. Check it out. Well, I am a little afraid of heights, so uh, oh, well, we'll see. Well, there's a nice well, high wall. Uh, I'll
1: so. look at it from the bottom and, and decide <laughs> how rickety it looks.
0: <laughs> the, the tower looks stable. You do get a killer view just from the World War I Museum, but if you... Anyways, and that's a good recommendation for everyone. You can go to... You can be on the lawn and in, in the uh, the overlook of World War One for free and Union Station's free. So, anyways, that's uh, that's this summer. You can watch the Royals, assuming they're in town. I don't, I don't know what the dates are this year, but...
1: Yeah, I'm fine with not watching the Royals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, well, let's, let's keep talking about some games. Um, no, I saw you posted elsewhere, but you picked up one of the Fleet games. I did, and it was almost just by accident. I wasn't really
1: looking for it. So I was watching um, – I, I bought my daughter a phone, and – I wasn't even thinking about it, but I got an email a couple of days later saying, hey, you get Apple TV for free for a year. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I've been hearing about this Tom Hanks movie, uh, Greyhound. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I heard that was good. I want to watch it. And I watched it and it was good. It was, you know, it was my kind of movie, like not, not bloody or anything. It was like inside the guy's head. And and I, I really want to read the book now, too. But I was like, oh, I really need to go find a game about hunting submarines now, because the movie is about a destroyer captain leading a convoy across the Atlantic and like eh, 42, I think it was, you know, sort of at the happy time for the Germans. Um, and then someone posted, they said, well, there's an older game called submarine and that that's a really good one. So I was like, yeah, I'll check that out. And then just, you know, luck has it or good or bad, depending on whether you're in my wallet or not. Uh, Someone posted on like Consum world on Facebook, literally the next day, Hey, submarine plus all these other games. Submarine was like 20 bucks. So I was like, Oh, I'm all over that. I'm going to get that. And then I was scrolling down his list and he had sixth fleet too. So I've been wanting a fleet game for a while and I didn't really honestly even care which one. So I was like, throw that one in there too, save on some shipping. And now I've got two good naval games that are sitting here waiting to be played
0: nice yeah um six fleet is one and i think i mentioned like i really want to get back to that series it's one that like you know the the hottest term right now is like living rent free yeah in your head and shit like well whatever F- F- fleet has taken up resonance because i see it on the shelf and i just think about it because i mean that that's one of those times and we've talked about this before like a great thing about war games is just like the experience Obviously, like game mechanics and all that stuff's cool, but like the memories and like just overall game experiences, right? We've talked about things like that. Fleet and playing uh, Seventh Fleet is what I played, is one of those games where I was like, this is an amazing experience. And we had like broken up the command and just like talking with my buddy, like, what are we going to do? And it was, it was, it's just fantastic. So cool that you're getting into it. Uh, it's something I want to explore more for sure. Yeah. I hope I hope Compass does a good job of <laughs> of the reprint. I'm gonna be optimistic.
1: Well, but... there you go. You can be optimistic.
0: <laughs> right. So uh, speaking of reprints and doing or not doing a good job, uh Highway to the Kremlin two. Uh which was pretty highly uh talked up by um the Wild Weasel, uh Bruce Garrick. Yeah. On his podcast. He was pretty jazzed for it. And I saw the pre order, and they had like a, I think they ran like a 10% off deal. Maybe it was 20% off. I don't, I think it was 10. And so pulled the map on it or pulled the trigger on it. And it came in. First thing was the game is shipped in like a skin tight cardboard container with no padding. So the game shows up as already dinged up. And it's like, oh, fine yeah but then i open it up and this is and a new game right this is brand new okay brand new just came out they... And this
1: one this is this is napoleonics not world war ii right yeah yeah okay. this is
0: and it's this is from operational studies group uh by oh, kevin right, zucker right. okay yeah and he makes a bunch of um napoleonic games yeah and i've heard good things I've, I've just never played them and so i figured hey this looks great uh let's give it a try they had reworked the map the map is gorgeous like it is seriously one of the best maps I looked at or have looked at, I should say. Um but I got to pick a bone here. One because it's a very expensive game for what it is. It's $120. Yeah. There's one counter sheet, two rule books and two maps. And then there are some like cardstock um uh like charts and stuff like that. So one Not-
1: counter sheet, two maps, 120 bucks. Yeah. That is steep. <laughs> it is steep. It is
0: steep. Small publisher though. But yeah, you know, we're even, gonna talk yeah, about it's... Revolution Games here in a little bit. And yeah. that game is two maps and a counter sheet and a rule book and charts. And it is a third of that price. Yeah. Um and this is <clears throat> this is not a comment on the game because I haven't played yet. It does not solo well. I've got it like clipped and ready to play as soon as I can go, but I think Highway to the Kremlin specifically has hidden information. So I'm yeah, gonna beside the point. I open the game up and I'm trying to figure out how to put the maps together. And then I realize you can't. There's a white border all the way around both maps, but there is an overlap hex that is very clearly supposed to lay over. Oh, these map strange. is supposed to lay over the left. I remember
1: map. you posted about this.
0: Right. <laughs> so gorgeous map completely ruined by this. And I know like some, some dude on Board Game Geeks like you need to man up. I was like, well, first off, like people are allowed to have their opinions, buddy. Like this is really kind of a shady thing to do because he knew about it. Like, he knew, he told me in an email, this is an email I received from the designer, that this was something the printer was supposed to do, and he didn't do. Yeah. And then you still ship the game out.
1: Yeah, so, and from your post, he basically, he told you to get a straight edge and an exacto knife and cut it yourself, right? Right, Yep. (laughs)
0: And it's just disappointing. I, I I, mean, if you can overlook those things, that's great. And I can, and I'll be fine. And I will man up, as the gentleman on BoardGameGeek so kindly said. Um, it's good, helpful information, too. Yeah.
1: Man up. Oh, damn it, I didn't think of that. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. <laughs> um, it'll be fine. Life will go on. It's just a little bit disappointing. And, like, yeah, I want to support small publishers like I really do.
1: It's it's silly things like that, though. I mean, like when when Blue Water Navy came out, you know, that's a that was a compass uh-huh. game, and people are like, "This game is over a hundred dollars. Why is the box misprinted?" You know, it's like the the title was off skew when you on the on the, you know, when you put it on the shelf or whatever. It's not a huge deal, but come on.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and then there was. I don't know there's already you know errata happens but like there's a there's been two errata pages I think already one one yeah. was dated the 15th I think there was one before that I could be wrong and it's, it's just things like that and so yeah he's a small publisher just doing his best but if the printer screwed up then make it right you know like yeah. the print not not you I'm not saying that operational studies group should have to like bear the cost of this like the printer screwed up make them do it right.
1: Yeah, and if the game doesn't come out for another month or whatever, then, you know, that's 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 better than telling people to cut their own maps.
0: Right. It's just, um, it soured my first experience. And so, like, when, when, like, looking at the map and the counters, it all looks gorgeous. Like, it looks really nice. I will, fantastic art. But then, like, the production quality, like, this is not a $120 game if this is coming out from... And maybe it's not a fair comparison, but like GMT. Right? Because right. Or certainly not multi man publishing, like what what was Hungarian Rhapsody? Wasn't that around 120 bucks? Uh pre
1: order price, I think. It's hard to say. Sure. But yeah.
0: But like Rhodes' to Gettysburg 2 is 120 bucks and that yeah. game is chocked full and they print and like I know. From what I've seen, I think it's important to him to produce that stuff um, in the United States, all that stuff. I get it. And that drives up costs. And you're a small publisher. I get all those things. But like MMP does it. And he probably, I don't know. Who knows so what it is. Anyway, is
1: it? Mm, I, I don't want to say this because I might be wrong. Because I know there are some people out there that publish in the U.S. and they're like saying may basically saying negative about anyone that doesn't publish in the U S is he one of those or, or not? Oh, I don't know. I don't okay. want
0: to, um, all right. Yeah. And, but it's like, even the like print on demand stuff, blue mm-hmm. Panther, and Spiel, all that stuff. Even if they don't overlay, like if you don't buy like the combined maps from and like the older map styles, right? They just butted up against each other. Yeah. Like you don't have to add in the, you know, like, just trim the edge of the map. But uh, half the time
1: know. when I try to put two hex maps next to each other, I line up the top, I line up the bottom. How is the middle off? How did yeah. that happen?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so look, I am sure this is a, a great game. I think people really like it. It's just a small bone to pick and probably spent more time on it than I should have. Um, I think the game sold out. So um, yeah. it's obviously not that big a deal to some people. And it wasn't a big enough deal to like the next week I was, or oral- I don't. Whenever the game came in last week, I was in half-price books, and I was checking out um, the game section. And there's a game called "1806 Rossback Avenged," and that is an Operational Studies Group game. That um, the box was damaged, but the inside components were fantastic and organized and separated. And so that's part of the days. Um, there are some series games from OSG, and that's part of the days series so uh now i have two of them and it wasn't enough to for to defer me or deter me from getting another one although it was used so cool. i look forward
1: to hearing how the actual game is
0: yeah i got it all out and then i found out like it's not very soloable yeah so um so is it an information like you put your armies off to the side and
1: you just mark where the armies are on the board that kind of thing
0: i don't know it may just be face down oh, Okay. Um, so there i was talking with someone to start playing it on vassal but i don't think the uh the version 2 mode is on vassal so oh. maybe we'll play as soon as it's available so all that being said i am very excited to try this game it was just a uh and it's fine it is what it is um ardwolf did an ar- unboxing if you want to check out like how big a deal it is it may not even bother you and then you'll be fine and you can go enjoy your game man up all right let's talk about some books uh so i have not like hardly any non-fiction i've been on a, a fiction tear which we'll talk about a lot of warhammer fiction which we can talk about later but uh i did start and i have got to say the gmt release of samurai battles <laughs> is like perfectly timed with that netflix documentary oh yeah definitely like they nailed it because i was like yeah i'm not gonna get samurai battles and then I watched like three episodes of that documentary. And I was like, I got to find a copy of Sam Ryan. <laughs> and then so I have the audiobooks of Musashi um, by A. G. Yoshikawa. And then the other one is uh, Ronin by James Clavel. And so I was like, ah, which one do I read? Which one do I read? And I think Musashi is a little bit more historically grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm reading Musashi. That's a long way going around that I started that. It's pretty good. It's really long um it shows its age just in like i think the characterizations there's a nice forward at the beginning that kind of like talks about how accurate those things are uh but it's pretty cool nice. have you have you read uh like those are two like very well-known samurai books have you read either musashi or uh, i have not really?
1: read anything about that time period in
0: japan okay. except for like the play notes
1: in Sekigahara.
0: Sure, 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 yeah, and then i and I, uh, I saw the
1: Netflix series, so I'm an expert, right,
0: yeah, and this makes me want to go back to Seki Gahara, which I've played and thought was okay, but like I want to give it another go, yeah, so that's where my historical interest is leaning uh right now. What about you? you been reading anything
1: yeah i I talked about ghost soldiers last time, and I finished oh, the oh. book, so that's... Didn't time my reading, so I was on a new book and for the new episode. But uh, just to recap, it was a it's about uh, a raid by the Rangers in World War II on a POW camp in the Philippines. And basically, at that time, they knew that the Japanese were. I mean, everyone knew the Japanese were losing the war. This is like early forty five, and the Japanese were starting to move some POWs back to the home islands and just kill the rest. And the U.S. knew this was going on, so they wanted to get into this POW camp and, and save these get these 500 guys before the Japanese could execute them. So um, it's about that that Ranger raid on that on that camp, and it was just an excellent book. There's a there's a movie about it too. I think it's just called The Raid that I'm gonna have to see sometime. Um, but the book was great. Loved it. It was by Hampton sides. We've talked about him before as well.
0: For sure. So like arbitrarily, like if you're on Goodreads, like what out of five would you give Good Soldiers?
1: Uh I if I could do half stars, I'd probably do like four and a half. I don't know if you if, if it was it was if it's only four I I, I didn't do ratings on Goodreads, but four, four and a half. I mean it was very sure. entertaining, so yeah, it was a good book. Good. And then I've also been reading uh, Max Hastings Vietnam book, The Big Huge Tone. Oh yeah. Yeah, just um uh, super into Vietnam right now and um, I actually started reading that a while ago and didn't finish it so I I've, I've picked that back up and I'm I'm close to done with it now um it's it's good um almost sometimes with these books that are too big like that you kind of you kind of crave more details and it's it's like the book is big it's so big that like operation silver bayonet was like a a couple pages or something like that. But there are some really good chapters about like the Tet Offensive and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's really making me want to dig down into some of the smaller stuff. Uh, You know, we read some stuff last year when we played Silver Bayonet, um, but there's a lot of good books that are still on my reading list to come for Vietnam stuff.
0: Oh yeah, dude, I've been piling and piling up. I could. It's like ASL. Like I could stop probably buying books yeah. and just be good for a long time.
2: Yeah,
0: that's good. That book, uh, Max Hastings' Vietnam, is on my. I think I have the audio book. It's been an Audible credit on some point. It's just like I see the, the read time and I'm like, hey, I don't know if I want to start that. Although yep. Musashi's like 54 hours or some shit. Like, oh that. wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a big. Well, because it's like it, he wrote it like Shelby foot. Yeah, where it's like a collection of chapters compiled into one like it was published in a magazine or some show oh okay okay yeah yeah cool well i will be uh i'll be interested to hear your final thoughts on that i know i think generally speaking that it's a very well regarded book the max Hastings one yeah
1: yeah i've heard that too which is why i wanted to pick it up um it's sometimes you never know i mean you you kind of just take the author's word that they're Write about all this stuff, and then you know, five or ten years later, some other author, author comes along and says, "No, they were wrong about everything." So, right, right,
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. I've been playing a little bit of stuff. Most of it has been um, just on the table. Uh, Thunder and those Arts, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, that's going to be our featured game. I played, started to play uh, Battle Him with uh, Jason from AAC. He's he's on a quest to do. The year of the Civil War, which I'll have to ask him <laughs> how that's going because I don't, I don't know. Did you play um, P Ridge? We did. We're okay. playing P Ridge, and it, it was nice to get back to it after. I think I've picked it up twice since doing the initial review on like episode two of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. Like I forgot how bloody it is, and not not oh, bloody yeah. like not death wise, but like how many guys just like abandon the fight because right. every hit is like either one casualty and all those hits run away or no casualties, but all those hits still run away.
1: Yeah, which is why in that system, the one-day scenarios are kind of weird because right. basically in that system, you've got two types of hits. You can have casualty hits or, or you know, like I think they call them casualty and morale hits. So if you're playing a one-day scenario, all of those guys are effectively dead and they're right. out of the game. Um, yep. if you play a, a two-day scenario that you know the morale hits will come come back overnight
0: right yes it is and it is weird and it was weird to go back to that also like being unfresh with the game the combat system itself is a litter a little counterintuitive yeah the like, whole
1: the whole blob of guys things got uh, you know where every I, and i like it but you know you get and there's a name for it in the game too. They call it like a specific engagement or something. You have to like you approach your fire. What's that? The no, no. When fire. you take your, your blobs of guys and you divide them up into individual combat. So like these six guys oh, are fighting yeah. these five guys and right. then there's a separation and now all these guys are
0: fighting. Yeah. So, And then it, and it, it's good. It's not bad. It's just like when you're so used to not, you know, just run-of-the-mill combat, you know? It's definitely different, yeah. Right. And, and your two-hit is you calculate the two-hit odds for that terrain. Like, oh, this guy's standing in light right. woods, which means if someone's in light woods, I need a three or less. But then you apply the morale, and it's just different, and you yep. get it. But it's fine. It's good to go back to it. I still think it's a good game, and I think it's probably punching a little bit above its weight right now. But I think it's in a good spot on the list. So nice to go back to that. The other thing I've been going back to and I've been really enjoying is Advanced to Brook System, the tournament uh, that Mitchell Lane is putting on with the ATS group. Uh, That's been a lot of fun. And it'll be interesting because tomorrow night is the uh, digital March Madness, the Kansas City ASL group uh, tournament as well. So um, I am not a master at either of them. Uh, still learning both of them, to be quite honest. So don't know what I'm thinking playing in both of them. But
1: you're playing full ASL,
0: full ASL, the full full tournament.
1: So you are the the champion for starter kit aren't you?
0: You know what? I'm still the reigning defending <laughs> <Yeah>. champion because. <laughs> oh, you know what? They did have it last year. I don't know oh, if they did, they did. Okay. I guess I can't say that anymore. Son of a gun.
1: Yeah, you're a former champion.
0: Right. Right. Our uh, uh my buddy Zach. He'll have to pick up the reins. He started playing with the KC ASL group I think he's doing. I want to play um, the Hassle starter kit with him. Yeah, um, I want to play that one too. Yeah. So ATS is great. Advanced Brook System, it's another World War II tactical game uh, based off the Brook System, but it's way evolved from that. Um, the big difference here is it's alternating activations. And I would say that ATS is a little bit more streamlined, whereas ASL has a like case rule for everything you just don't have that in ats i think you have a good amount and i think if you are the type of person who wants to sit down with a rule book and read the whole thing before you play a game then ats may be the way to go if yeah, you're I would, gonna I recommend sit... that for asl <laughs> right right now the starter kit for sure like you could do that yeah um Does for ATS asl have a starter kit uh there is something like that and i forget what it's called okay but, like, the rulebook for ATS is, like, 45, 60 pages, somewhere in that range. Okay. Um, so, anyways, big difference. Another thing here, talking about bloody games, is everything is a hit in ATS. Like, you're going to inflict, if you hit, instead of just being a morale check. Oh, okay. You're always inflicting some kind of casualty plus a morale check. Um, and, and it kind of plays out a little bit differently, but those are the two big differences. I think they both hold, I actually really like them both. Um, and it was really fun to get back to it. Uh, the second game, I just got lit up by machine gun fire in an area that I thought I was covered in and just like my Canadians just got destroyed. Uh, but the first game I won. And so, uh, I've got another game coming up. So it's that ATS good nice. stuff. I think uh, it's real quick. I'll just add, like, if you're if you're listening here and you're like, I want to get one of these, I think it's like which companies BSO want to put up with more. <laughs> Critical hits, like weird production style, and like you have to buy extra counters or like ASL and MMPs, like shit just being unavailable and out of stock, yeah, <laughs> and being super dependent on other things. Yeah, uh, so I it's mean, like which one annoys you more and go with I, other.
1: I'm a super huge ASL fan. But if someone came up to me and said, hey, I'm trying to decide between ATS and ASL, how should I choose? I would say, well, who are you going to play with? Because yep, And do they already have one of them? Play that one. Right.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Is there a local <laughs> group that does this? Because, yeah. yep. Yeah. I agree. 100%. But they both have merits. I think they're both great. I think one of the guys I played with, uh, Evan, even asked, he said, so he asked something to that effect. I was like, really? It doesn't. It's not that different.
1: Yeah. I mean, I haven't really played ATS, but I've seen it played and I know a little bit about it. And I remember watching it at the time and thinking, yeah, if I wasn't already invested in ASL, sure, I'd buy this and play it. Right. But having, you know, (laughs) I've got quite a bit of sunk cost in ASL, so.
0: Sure. Speaking Um, of ASL. Yeah.
1: Speaking of ASL and continuing my historic ASL, we're playing Red Barricades uh, on Vassal and... um, Yeah, we finished up the first campaign day, did all our refitting and everything and started the second campaign day. So we're, uh, I think the campaign is, I think it's five days long. So it's basically five scenarios in a row. You always use the same map. Uh, Where you start on the map depends on where you finish to the last day. So there's a few rules as far as refitting. You like your wounded leaders get evacuated. I had a whole tank platoon get recalled. You know, like in the middle of the night, they're like, hey, we need you guys somewhere else. So you just lost a tank platoon. Um, but you get more wow. reinforcements as well. So hey, here's a couple of rifle companies for you. Uh, and you get points to spend. So you could spend them on rifle companies or more tanks or more heavy weapons or support weapons or artillery or sniper numbers or all kinds of stuff. Um, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's a lot of fun. We're playing Red Barricades. So it's, it's the Battle of Stalingrad. I'm playing the Germans and... Uh, my opponent in in between the two decided to buy Molotov cocktails so he (laughs) he rolled uh, an eight in ASL you always want to roll low and he rolled three ones in a row a one and then and then snake eyes and just decimated two squads of mine that were encroaching on his factory
0: nice yeah so are you saying that historical ASL was like uh, legacy games before legacy games became a thing
1: Yes, I am saying that. <laughs> Which
0: is pretty cool. I yeah. think that's pretty neat. Like yeah, that that premise is dope. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I've got a couple other historic ones. I've, I mean, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got the uh, Hatton and Flames, and one other. Um, I started playing Hatton and Flames last year, and my opponent just needed a break for a while. So uh, Hatton and Flames, I enjoyed quite a bit too. But historical is a blast. I love it.
0: Nice. I'm jelly.
1: Yeah. And then I'm also playing Downtown. That's the air war over Vietnam game. Um, back to Vietnam again. Uh, continuing this one. Or though actually, I think both sessions might have been since the last time we recorded, but um, I've played this one before. It's the same system as Red Storm and Bloody April and Elusive Victory. Um, I think. Downtown is my favorite of all the ones I've played. I haven't played Elusive Victory. I have it, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. In fact, my opponent and I last night were just talking about getting a a campaign game going in one of them. So same kind of thing as historical ASL. A campaign game is basically a legacy version of the same game. Um, But I think I like Downtown the best just because it's it's definitely simpler than Red Storm. Uh, Not as many... Not as many planes, not as many counters, not as many, uh, missiles and all that stuff. So, um, but it's, it's still a nice sweet spot of, you know, plan the air raid, avoid the enemy's defenses, try to shoot down their fighters. I will say that, you know, we're playing a very early scenario. So this is like summer of 65 and his MIGs are basically invisible to me because my detection level is Mm. just absolute crap. So, um, but then again, his MIGs aren't that powerful either. They've they they crippled one of my bombers, they caused another flight of bombers to jettison their bombs and, and go back home. Um but his MIGs aren't that powerful either. So it's it's well balanced, it's fun to play, I love it.
0: Have you um have you read or no that's not what I was, well first i was i was going to ask two questions but then i combined them uh, first off are you playing this on vassal or are you guys playing face to face yeah, yeah we're playing nice.
1: vassal it, it's a local oh. opponent um mm-hmm. but just for now we're still playing on vassal
0: okay and a book i've talked about before and i'll recommend to you is clashes air combat over north vietnam and it's it's something i've put on the back burner because it, it's very dense but for, like, a dense book and that much detail about jet fighting, the reason I've talked about it before and, like, how much it's piqued my interest in um, jet combat, the what is interesting, I think, in the beginning of the book, it talks about, like, the steps taken to counter the MIGs or, yeah. like, why this was there. It's very good. Um, yeah. You may want to check it out. It's okay. specifically Vietnam 65 to 72. So Okay.
1: I read one last year. I think it was called "The Hunters," and it was about the wild weasels. And yeah. it, was, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was okay, but I definitely like to find there's there's just because so many people went over and fought in Vietnam, and that's you know yeah. that's lots of there's lots of good media out there, books and movies sure. and hey, music. <laughs>
0: yeah. True, true, true. Uh, another game we've already mentioned
1: yeah speaking of samurai (laughs) so i did the exact same thing i watched the samurai series on netflix i'm like oh i gotta play sekigahara so yeah we did that as well i actually had one of my local friends he actually came over and it's the first time i've seen him in a while uh but we played sekigahara and uh yeah it was kind of fun because he hadn't seen the netflix series but after seeing the series it was cool because you know i've got this card here and um He's asking about like loyalty cards and stuff because it was his first time playing. I'm like, actually, you know, these are the guys that that the whole loyalty thing is based on because these are the guys that, you know, turn their backs on it and everything. So um, I don't think, yeah, we haven't actually done a review of Sekigahara yet. So Mm -mm. just a quick, um, it's, it's a block game um, two-player game, so it's blocks are obviously hidden, and the big mechanic in the game is you have basically two resources. You have cards and you have blocks, um, and you have to have them match up in order to be effective. So there are strategies that you can use. It's not just luck. You know, sometimes you'll you'll fight a battle you know you're going to lose because you're trying to get different cards in your hand so you can win this bigger battle on the other side of the board. Um, but basically, if your cards don't match the blocks that are taking place in the battle, they just won't fight for you. And then there's also loyalty cards in the game so that you can actually play them on your opponent and possibly, mm-hmm. you know, that that big army that he just brought into battle. You can say, no, they're going to fight for me this time instead. So
0: It's a it's a gorgeous game. Like I said, I walked away the first time I played not feeling great about it, but I want to revisit it. Um, you know, we did. um oh my gosh I can't a few acres of snow on Yucata so yeah uh, oh and that one's on I there too ref- yeah because I've yeah, played yeah. on there
1: yeah
0: I should uh
1: and it's a good implementation of it as well
0: oh yeah I've heard the Yucata version is like the bomb.com yeah I will uh maybe I'll refresh the rules maybe we can start up an asynchronous game up if it plays asynchronous okay which based off it does because that's how yeah. I played it yeah cool okay uh I may refresh the rules and then bug you for a game
1: yeah sounds good
0: and then th- since since uh, good call talking about the actual details of the game because we haven't and I think we should probably mention the Netflix show we're talking about is Age of Samurai Battle for Japan. Yeah. and like we keep what. just saying Netflix <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Samurai show. Well, I think if
1: you if you Google sure. Netflix Samurai, you'll find it. Yeah, but, and if sure. you have Netflix, I'm sure it's all over your front page. But, right. Um, it was like six episodes. Uh, you know, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it.
0: And from yeah, what I understand, I will it's say, very <laughs> historically accurate, too. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. The beheading in that show. <laughs> I mean, over the six <laughs> episodes, you're going to see somebody's head get cut off probably 40 times. <laughs> And sometimes they just really revel in it. So depending on what your level of <laughs> wanting to see gore on the screen is, you know, you may want to consider whether you watch that show or not, but it's good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not over the top. It is a docu-series, so it's not like, yeah, <laughs> right. You're not, it's not Game of Thrones level or anything like that.
1: No, it's not that bad, but there's yeah. lots of blood spray.
0: So Musashi takes place, starts just after the battle of Sekigahara. Okay. Uh, just to to place that the, at the castle. Um, nice. Uh, well, uh, I guess the topic of this show is samurai. <laughs> yeah, except it's right. not because our, our future game
1: go... is just some generic samurai game. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Far from it. We're going to go to Arkansas where samurai has never step foot so we're going to just northeast of Fayetteville Arkansas to the Battle of Pea Ridge Uh, we talked about already where our featured game this month is Thunder in the Ozarks no it's kind of
1: home country for both of us it's not far from either of us so
0: it is and I keep saying I want to go down to Fayetteville and see it because then there's also this wonderful like outdoor uh, art museum nearby called Crystal Bridges which is also supposed to be really nice
1: yeah yeah Uh, i really want to go down there too we were planning on going last year and obviously that didn't happen and then this year we couldn't couldn't make the time um but my nephew actually goes to university of arkansas so i've even talked to him i'm like we ought to come down there and see it together
0: yeah 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 and then not like on the way for me is wilson's creek which um i will so this is a revolution games game in the blind sword system uh the next and it's, it's been published by, like, GMT has, um, at any cost, Mets, and a few other companies have games in the series. But the next one Revolution Games is doing is Wilson's Creek.
1: Oh, I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah, yeah, they announced that on their Facebook. Pretty cool. So, like I said, this is a this is a series of games. So that's, I don't know, to me that's a plus, learning series rules or similar rules, uh, designed by Herman Luttman. Yeah,
1: series the- is nice, I because I played... The first game in this series was at any cost Mets and that, when I yep. picked this one up it was easier.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, and then the map art is by Rick Barber, which I know people go crazy about and we'll talk about. Yeah, in, we'll talk uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I guess real quick let's just set the the P Ridge scene. So this is an early uh, Trans-Mississippi engagement in Northwest Arkansas in the winter of 1861 and basically what happens is sterling price gets the boot and then earl van dorn is uh, appointed as general in chief of the forces in the trans mississippi and he says hey i'm gonna go to st louis and then that doesn't go well basically the union forces dig in and then earl van dorn like outmaneuvers the pants off them and gets on their main supply route in the rear yeah but at the cost of that is like all the soldiers were dead tired they were hungry and I think it was during a,
1: an ice storm as well. Yes,
0: it was exactly. And thanks to miscommunication on day two, the artillery resupply for the Confederates went back. <laughs> so like <laughs> they ran out of ammo on day two. Yeah. Um, and so like with the odds stacked against them, basically the union forces hold out and repelled this brilliant. Uh, I don't know about brilliant. I'm not like a miss uh, a tactician, but my understanding is a brilliant maneuver by the Confederates to get in the rear and really spell the doom of the Union forces, but they they hold out for, well, a number of reasons, miscommunications and just battle weariness, I think.
1: Yeah, and you can see that in the setup for the game. When you first set up the game, you know, you're like, A, a why are the Confederates attacking from the north? <laughs> and yeah. and then B, you, you're like... Holy crap! Where are the rest of the Union units? Because <laughs> they are not going to hold this,
0: <laughs> right? Especially
1: yep. if you play over on the uh, on the on the western side, where the Confederate has like these ridiculously huge Texas cavalry units, right?
0: Yeah, they've got like um, 11 strength points and um, which is a big number especially compared to what's, what what units yeah, like, are there. Yeah, like even
1: in, like an infantry unit in this usually has like 8 or something. So Right. <laughs> You're not used to seeing cav that's stronger than infantry.
0: Um this is a chip pole game. Um so we talked about Battle Him and so it's real quick to like want to draw those into comparison. This is a different scale than Battle Him. Uh it's zoomed in like probably I think battle him is 300 yards across and this is 150 yards across. And I just, cause like I happened to look it up. Battle him is something like 150 to 300 men on for one strength point, And it's 50 men for um, this. So yeah. you're, this is a brigade level chip pull game.
1: And in battle him. So in, in thunder and the Ozarks, it's a, it's a two map game. and, to be 100% honest, it feels like two, the maps do connect, but they play completely separately. Like, I've played this as a four person game, and really, it's like two versus two, and two, ver- or, you know what I mean? It's one mm-hmm. versus one twice. Because the maps, eventually, they will, you know, you'll roll guys up or whatever, but you've got two completely four sets of forces on each map and then in battle him yeah. it's really just what is the eastern map in thunder of the ozarks it's around yeah. elkhorn tavern
0: well um, no because you have the well um no because you have the guys come in on the left side as well right like you can go around the big hill
1: yeah but i don't that that whole farm area i don't uh-huh. think that's in battle him okay
0: Okay. No, it may not be. I think it's those uh, guys
1: to... basically after Gosh, they overrun played. the Union, which you're going to do in this game. I think then they go join the Elkhorn Tavern part.
0: Okay. Well, I, like I just played like three weeks ago, but now I'm anyways. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, just like big picture wise from like a chip pull. So there's there's two kinds of things that can happen. You can get events, which are pretty cool because... Um, right. You can hold them or play them immediately, and then you activate um, a – is it division? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the division activation chits are what have the brigades under them. So, like, you'll right, pull right. – Yeah, and say, then you get
1: to pick which one you activate. Yes. So
0: you pull your division out, and let's say it's – oh, gosh, now I can't even think of the leaders on the map right now. But it. Um, let's say you pull your division leader out. He's not done. You're going to pick one of the brigades under him. So let's say you pull Osterhouse, And then you can activate Grusel's brigade or you can activate Busey's brigade. And then you flip Busey's counter and then you put Osterhouse back in the cup. Yeah. And so, Unless like, Osterhaus...
1: if he has already activated all his brigades, then right. you just leave them out.
0: And then, But it's not an automatic activation either. Right. Um, because you may be very limited in what you can do, basically just fire combat. If you don't pass your um, your activation check, which you just need to roll equal to or less than like Osterhaus's number, I think is four, so you want a four or less to get a full activation with your units. Yep, um, and it's a it's
1: a d sixty six system, which well, is so interesting. cool. Yeah. So if you don't know what that is, it's it's two d sixes, but instead of adding them up, you treat them as digits, so you get a number from eleven to sixty six.
0: And then what you when you roll those dice, you're basically looking for the morale level of the unit you're attacking in your results. So for yeah, example, it's
1: got a great CRT. I love this CRT. Right. It's it's really cool. Yeah, like it, if you if you roll a thirty five, you'll look across at, at what column you're on and be like, okay, for that roll, if their morale is zero, they have to take a hard check. If it's one right. to two, they take a medium check. If it's you know three or four, then they take an easy check or something like that
0: or nothing or nothing. Yeah. Right. And then, so then you do, then you walk through the procedures based off the difficulty of the check. And then you do a couple other, um, just kind of morale checks and apply retreats. And, um, it's not very bloody. You will have a lot of guys go off the map, but they kind of work through a track over there. And then they kind of rally back onto the map. It's not, you're yep. not inflicting so many like bloody, um, like injuries and deaths. It's more of like breaking and then coming back later.
1: Yeah. The comp the system, it. I don't want to say it's not complicated, but you'll you pick up on it pretty quickly when you first yeah. read it. You've got to read it a few times. You got to try to figure out what they're trying to show, and then. Once once you get the hang of it quickly, you're like, okay, this column, bang, bang, green test, red test, yellow test, whatever.
0: Right. And then you flip over your combat sheet and then like there's the green test like column that you just check. Um, And
1: then that's going to be real simple. You're going to either take possible and that's that's a two dimensional system is, too, because you're going to roll the two dice again. And one die will tell you basically how many casualties you take and the other one will tell you how much morale hits and, and retreating you do, if any.
0: Yep, um, combat is if we're using the battle him as an, a comparison, where you have artillery range in battle him, but all the other fighting is you you can only attack adjacent hexes. Um, depending on your weaponry, this is a little bit more detailed. You can attack up to three hexes away with you know less combat effectiveness, but because you're zoomed in um range is now a factor in this game it's more of a factor for artillery um some things can only do close combat like mounted cavalry most of the mounted cavalry i think is close combat only yep um they may have carbines but i think you have to dismount them to infantry to to get that um and i just i like that i like a little bit more involved combat system not that battle him isn't like we just talked about how it's counterintuitive I found the going through combat really satisfying. Like I like the 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 um column shifts a lot. Like in it, it's a weird thing to say but I don't enjoy that as much in battle him because it's just so counterintuitive and it doesn't feel as satisfying. It's not bad, it's just like That's all it is. Okay. But in this, I'm like, oh, two hexes away. And, oh, I've got two to one odds. And, uh, oh, uh, they're infantry. And I'm charging with cavalry and, like, all this stuff. And then there's a whole close combat system and and defensive fire and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. Just as a whole, I found that really enjoyable.
1: Yeah. um, Combat, there are some things that I find a little too fidgety. Sometimes the different weapons are, you know, it's, it's an extra step. You got to look it up. Okay. These guys have carbines. So their range is this, these guys are close combat. Okay. They can't do fire combat at all. And the next text. And then also um, some of the, not, not the, the, the way the close combat works. Um, so really you only get to pick one unit and then other units can support it. So those, those strength points are basically only good for one thing they're they're good for an overall ratio that gives you a shift bonus but they're it's it's a little fidgety um again you'll pick it up but it's not it's not
0: super intuitive when you first pick it up i i agree with that to a certain extent maybe not this quite the same level um one of my the chit activations in this in combat are are my favorite things like the morale checks and stuff and guys breaking not not my favorite but it's not a, an issue by any means um
1: yeah i i agree chit pull's one of my favorite mechanics so i love that and- well e-
0: well of course but even specifically here i like the like you pull the the chit and then you put it back in right and so it's always kind of like it feels more random and then like the events that come up you're supposed to like Pull it so it's face down, which is like a really Yeah. <laughs> like if I have that may be my biggest complaint, which is easy to overcome. Especially playing solo, it doesn't matter. But like if I was playing opposed, like to be really careful with each chit to make sure it's face down when you pull it out, like, oh come on. That yeah. would be my biggest complaint.
1: And I haven't No, that I have I played him. I think what we do when we play this opposed, um, is we actually feel for the beveling. Yeah, so well, that's that we what you're know. Yeah, that's how we do it. But, but yeah, that's it's... just like that's
0: kind of absurd. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. The only thing is, right. so with the events, you have uh, how many events you think are on each side? Maybe six or eight. Yeah, I think like eight. Something like that. So you Depends get to on pick the scenario one too. that you know is going to be in the cup. And then you pick, depending on the scenario and the turn everything, um, a number of other events that are going to randomly go in a cup. And even if it's your side, you don't know what's in there, except for the one that you know is in there. Yep. So it is, I I mean, I get why they're supposed to be secret because, you know, I, you don't know if you're playing against me. You don't know that I've got a tactics event that's going to give me a two column shift anytime I want um, ready to go. But like you said, it is It is a little fidgety there
0: it is but it's also really fun so i look past it um and like the events they can range like um there's a whole artillery phase artillery kind of operates outside of the chip pool. you just kind of go back and right, forth yeah but you can get another chit that like boosts artillery or activates artillery again or it can be something like uh the rebel yell which i did a little video on a uh, rebel yell or on our YouTube channel if you want to go see how close combat and defensive fire works, which basically works the same as fire combat. Real quick video, five minutes long, something like that. Um, like, they get a boosted um, close combat attack. And so, like, obviously you may not want to play that right off the bat. You may want to set it up. And then so as a Confederate player, you can hold that back. And then, you know, as soon as you get the Union player with their pants down, bam. Yeah. Um... You know what? Another thing I like about this game a lot in in battle him, I feel like it's run everyone to the front, and engage and just hold those locations. Yeah, uh, especially in P Ridge. That's maybe different in in uh, Gettysburg. Here, I really feel like the Union player has more options to wait because you score points at the end of every round. Based off several objective hexes, and so right off the bat, and they're
1: different VPs for different hexes.
0: Yep, some are more important than others. And like the Confederates are like way back towards the south that they need to drive to, especially on the uh, on the western map. Um, But like as a Union player, you want to accumulate those points for as long as possible in some of those scenarios because you don't want you need to be earning points. Then then of every round and the way you do that is hold those objectives and so as a union player you're immediately tasked with right off the bat well there's this little one one excuse me there's this little one point objective hex do i reinforce it do i try to hold out as long as possible because you only start with like three crappy cavalry units and a piece of artillery up there mm-hmm. and they're really bad and it's like well, should i pull them back it should and so i think that it like right off the bat i think the decisions for the union player are more interesting based off the like smattering of objective hexes and like where do you try to hold and for how long
1: yeah yeah um yeah i don't i when i play solitaire i only halfway keep points so <laughs> but like i said i have played it opposed before and uh yeah that and those those objective points that you're talking about at the on that little farm with the the one cannon and
0: the two cav or whatever
1: they're probably going to get overrun the first turn.
0: sure so. it's just yeah probably and so like do you pull them back like my approach was dismount and like try to hold as long as possible but of course they got their butts kicked yeah. um have you played so I have only played the East scenario and the West scenario. So there's two. They're not starter scenarios; like they're full engagements. There's one that is Lee Town, which is on the west, and right. then there's the Battle of Elkhorn Tavern, which is on the east. And then there's two um, grand battles. Have you have you played the grand battles? Because I have I, not.
1: I have. I didn't play it all the way through to like to completion, but uh, yes, I have.
0: And are they are they much different, or is it just more of? I guess you said it was kind of each they, side is one v one. They
1: feel very different, uh, mostly just because of terrain. Which is oh yeah no I
0: didn't game. mean between east and east and west i say does like does the grand battle feel significantly for example in battle him we've talked oh, about it I the big it. game is way different than the little tiny ones oh
1: no it, it plays the same but mm-hmm. like I said earlier um the two maps it it almost feels like you're playing two one versus one games and you just happen to be sitting next to each other okay so so there's that but the game itself feels the same so like and because the maps are the way they're oriented and everything if you just want to get the experience of playing the game it's you know solitaire just pick one of the sides of the map and just play it it's quicker and easier
0: talking about maps i think uh i think it's time to talk about and i think you have a, a bigger bone to pick than i do yeah uh now, so Barber- but before we talk about maps, so let's yep. talk
1: about terrain, though, because you know, if you've never been to Southern Missouri, Northern Arkansas, which is where this took place, the terrain is brutal.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, some of the hills, you know, this is this is this is the Ozarks. This is where hillbillies come from.
0: This is Ozark Mountain. Territory
1: yeah. <laughs> too. So, um, you know, the the terrain accurately reflects particularly on the eastern map Mm -hmm. just how brutal some of that terrain was i've never been down to pea ridge but i have been to shiloh which has similar terrain and i just remember being amazed that people were hauling cannons up and down these hills yeah it's just unbelievable
0: i'm worried someone's gonna correct me and i said that this is ozark mountains and maybe it's not i don't know how far west those stretch yeah, so it's, if it may I'm not wrong, be exactly, but it's, but it's that area. But it is very hilly and very dense forest. Like some of the best camping and hiking in Missouri oh, yeah. is southern rural ass, no one around. Um Yeah, you know, I far, love it even there. far away from Lake of the ozark stuff. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, right on the Missouri Arkansas border. I love it down there. I've been down there That's several nice. times camping
0: the the terrain plays out i it, absolutely and it plays out in battle him too almost to the detriment of battle him where like artillery on p ridge only matters in like one spot i think it's different here yeah. obviously on the right side you're right but like on the left side you do get some pretty good line lines of sight that make artillery more enjoyable on the p ridge map Definitely. excluding gettysburg from this conversation it's more enjoyable i think in Uh, thunder in those arcs yeah Uh, let's talk about the map then so rick barber is very stylized (laughs) some things i like about it like i think it looks great i think his trees look a little cartoony for my taste um but oh so what what did you think i don't want to speak for you
1: i i just it's just too busy for me um Mm -hmm. especially on the eastern map which has more hills more ravines Mm -hmm. tougher lines of sight Um, it just, it's just too busy for me. So in this game, there are, I think, nine different elevation levels. And those are, they do have contour lines on the map, but they're, they're done by gradient. So you've got basically nine different shades of yellowish green. Uh, and then you've got light woods and heavy woods. It's easy to tell what each hex is. That's not the complaint. You know, it's very easy to tell this is light woods. This is heavy woods. Um, But once you start, again, especially on the eastern side of the map with all the hills, it's really hard to figure out where your lines of sight are sometimes.
0: So I learned this week that you can buy a bigger version of this map. Yeah. Do you think that would help?
1: It might. Um, and, you know, the map, I don't know. It, it's it's totally a personal preference. Sure. You know, whether sure. you say a lot map looks nice or not. I'm not a fan of the artwork I just don't think it looks that great to the point where it is a detriment to that game for me I would rather play on the western map um, even though the eastern map the gameplay I think is more fat is more interesting on the western map I just think it it's it just looks better and it's easier to figure out what you're doing
0: I agree with you I, I do think it's busy I didn't I didn't have the same struggle which just proves it's completely um, subjective. I mean I had more offense with the cartoony trees than the uh yeah um but I get it I totally get it um and I think I agree with you about the west map I I really enjoyed that scenario which is I played that one second it was good um I did learn I should mention I played some of the um the yellowed circle guys which are already battle weary right I think I played them wrong but it it, like even after realizing I was playing them wrong it um like doesn't change my opinion of the game like so I like they just, you, you i left them on the map too long like i think they're, oh, okay. or i think they're supposed to be eliminated is what someone pointed out
1: right me. they never go to the track
0: yeah right and yeah. so i was putting them on the track which doesn't affect the game that much it just makes it a little bit more bloody which is fine
1: so the muscle module is actually smart enough to know that as well if you try to oh, send yeah. one of those guys to the track it'll actually gray that out and at the bottom it says like eliminated never to track or something
0: very good yeah so we're um so someone caught that mistake and then my bad math as well but bad math is no critique of the uh, <laughs> my bad math is no critique of the system for sure so donald levick pointed that out thank you donald um good anything anything else you want to say about the game um only
1: that i would it's i like the system like i said i've played it at any cost mets that's a fun one that i usually get out at once a year or so um i would definitely like to play some of the other ones there i know there's long street attacks and there's at least is it kernstown i think
0: kernstown and there's two gettysburgs games long street attacks and then there's another
1: okay uh, and then like Gettysburg. you said wilson's I'm creek not, is coming out as well so
0: wilson's creek edding and cosmetz and i think there's another um there's a mars latour game
1: okay and my um, game is a Ziploc bag game. That's how I got it. Um, yep. I know some of the newer ones come in boxes. So if if that's important to you, then...
0: Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a timing thing with Revolution. I don't know, like... Some stuff I've tried to buy before, they only have Ziploc left. Yeah. Um, It's just Revolution does a Ziploc and a, and a box copy. Yeah. GMT and the boxes doesn't do that, are so, but...
1: usually thinner. They're like yeah. Holland Spiel size
0: uh i don't know if i have anything else to um talk about the game specifically i don't have specific recommended reading obviously um
1: yeah there's a bunch of good books out there but none of them i've read or have like i'll see people post stuff saying hey like here's here's books about like missouri during the civil war and here's a book about Pew ridge and this and that and i'm like that looks really good i haven't seen that book at half price or whatever so
0: sure like, I can fall in the default. Like, you could read book one of The U.S. Civil War by Shelby Foote, and there's a big section yeah. on the Battle of Pea Ridge. If you don't want to go that route, there's suggested reading in the rules, which is always appreciated. One I've heard is good but have not read is Pea Ridge, Civil War Campaign in the West by William Shea.
1: That's the one I'm – that's, like, number one on my list, but I don't have it yet.
0: And then the other one is the Battle of Pea Ridge, the Civil War Fight for the Ozarks by James Knight. And then the other one is just some battle tactics and yeah. stuff uh always appreciate recommended reading
1: yeah i think transmiss in general is not as as focused on as a lot of the other civil war stuff but for you and me in particular with it being close to home i think we're maybe more interested in it than others
0: yeah yeah which reminds me i should get a wilson's creek book which i know isn't the most like exciting engagement it's not i don't think it's as exciting as p ridge um but i should get that one thing i'll say is this is not like a um counter dense game like you're not oh absolutely the, not yeah yeah
1: usually stacking is it's based on strength points but usually it's two is the most you're going to get in a square and a hex. yeah
0: and it's one counter sheet and so like there's not a this isn't a monster game or anything and and people have pointed this out before our list of all the war games does tend to be skewed towards the bigger games especially at the top Mm-hmm. um it it was kind of refreshing to fall back to this is a 21 page rule book but really like um the first 17 pages are, are game rules so right i mean a dozen and a half pages of rules that was pretty refreshing to get back to not gonna lie um i really like this and i think anything else you want to say about the game before i jump the gun there
1: no i think it's time to jump the gun
0: let's jump the gun we have a list rich
1: we, we we don't have a list. We just tell people what is on the
0: list. That's right. That's right. We merely pull away the the canvas and reveal the sculpt the final sculpt, not so final sculpt, of every war game ever made. And Rich and a quest to reveal the ranking of all those games ranked best to worst. And so it's time to rank Thunder in those arcs, the Battle of P Ridge, eighteen sixty two. Uh, So, I think we've already set the tone a little bit here, right? Like, Battle Him is the measuring stick. Battle Him comes in at number 11. Yeah. And then you jump up to the next Civil War game is Atlanta's ours at number 3. Yeah, but even beyond I that... I think so it's, it's just, in that range.
1: Okay, so Here I Stand is number 10. I cannot, in good consciousness, put this game above Here I Stand. Oh! I like it, but I can't put it above Here I Stand.
0: Uh, let me just ask you this. You do agree that it's better than Battle Him, right?
1: Um, Yes. I would rather play this one than Battle Him. I okay. uh, I like Battle Him, but I like this one better. I mean, honestly, so because Here I Stand is 10 and Battle Him is 11, just because of those two where they happen to be, that makes this ranking sort of easy for me. Okay. But... I may not be seeing the whole picture.
0: No, that's okay. I I am a fan of Battle Him and I will get Battle Him Volume 2 especially to play Shiloh.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: But for very similar games.
1: It's going to come out in the 300th anniversary of the battle.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Someone could take it to my grave. Um, combat is so much more rewarding in this game. Not that Battle him is bad. I just really like the combat in here, guys. Um, It's it's good. It's good all around. I haven't played that many chip-pull Civil War games, uh, but I've played a few, and this is probably my favorite. I don't think it's as good as GCACW. Yeah. Um, so then at number eight, we've got Silver Bayonet, and like I don't think it's jumping that. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's not too far behind there. And then it's Imper- Empire of the Sun, which I haven't played. And then it's here I stand, and they're not really comparable in any way. Yeah, it's, so it's, if, it's it's really
1: hard to say. Hey, would you rather have Thunder the Ozarks or Here I Stand? And you say, I mean, it's literally apples and oranges at that point.
0: I think, and we talked about this with Fleet and everything else, and we always bring it up, like just the experience that you walk away with. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if you and I sat down and played, and then got four people to play, and on Saturday we played. Thunder in the Ozarks and Sunday we played a six player game and here I stand. I think we're gonna walk away with like just more talk about Here I Stand, like, oh, can you believe yeah. that happened or something like that?
1: Yeah, and we've said this before too, though, but there is there is a certain appeal to having a two player game that you can play quickly, whereas here I stand, if I don't have six, I don't want to play it.
0: That's true. That is not a downside here, but I don't know if that's enough to bump this in front of no, you no, I think I, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. I think that's that's pretty clear then. I think this slips in at number 11.
1: Thunder in the Ozarks, 11th greatest war game of all
0: time. Let's see. So that puts us at 34. How many do we have to go now?
1: Uh, we got to do at least another 34 before we can retire.
0: Okay. No. And
1: next month that'll be 35 more. <laughs> Nice. When we, when you and I have both played every game that we own, we can stop.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Oh, man. Uh, very good game, though. Super good. 11, like, you, when you're, like, wedging it in there, like, you got to say bad things about it, which I'm, like, worried that people may think we don't like the game. I mean, 11 on this list, even though we have 34 games, like, the top two-thirds of this list is solid. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good
1: game. I, I would I even though I'm not a fan of the map, I would play this one anytime anyone offered.
0: Nice. That's that's a pretty big uh push for it. And if you know what, if P Ridge is not your jam, like I know some people don't like Cedar Mountain. I have Stonewall Sword. Um and I just know some people are like, eh, Cedar Mountain, who cares? Um you can go find something. You can go to Napoleonics or go pick a Gettysburg game or Kernstown, because I don't know of many games that cover Kernstown in the first place. So yeah. Uh, lots of different options, and if you to play at from. any
1: cost, Mets, then you get to use the very early machine guns, the mitrados. <laughs> yeah. oh, I gotta play it; those ah, are sweet. I love. Those. I gotta
0: find a book to read, and then I gotta play yeah. it.
1: They were so secret that they would actually put them in a tent on the battlefield, That's and they crazy. would they would fire out of these tents, <laughs> so that no one could see what what the hell was shooting at them.
0: Yeah, because photography was <laughs> so prevalent. Yeah. Ah, nice. So what else is... uh, So now's the point of the show when we talk about all the other nonsense, um, non-war game stuff, miniature stuff, RPG stuff, uh, TV shows, or drinks, or whatever. Anything goes. So what's good in your life, Rich? Anything going on?
1: Uh, I've been playing... I just started a a one-on-one D&D game with my 11-year-old daughter. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: And are you using the... um, I can't can't remember what they call them. Do they call them companions in these...
1: Yes. Okay. So I, I found some, they were in like the Adventurers Guild or something. I found it on Drive-Thru RPG. It was like a, a three-part duet series. It's got a companion it and everything. Um, but it's so funny because like she instantly threw the whole story away <laughs> and it's fine. I mean, I've, I've DM'd and GM'd plenty of times. I know how that works, but you know she loves it so much, which is the best part about it. I mean, but like every time, it's like okay, well, we're going to stop here for now. No, I don't want to stop. And then like the next day, she's going, "Can we play some more? Can we play some more?" I'm like, "That's awesome." You you don't understand. I've got to keep building track as <laughs> right. you are. And I had some pre-built track, and you didn't want to go that way, so that's fine. And then I, I sort of told her that, and she started feeling guilty. She's like, "Well, I'm sorry. We could I said, "No, no, don't feel bad. Just understand that." That i need to compensate for that so
0: yeah that's awesome though yeah. so i've done i've done one-on-one DD with my wife yeah um and i did i kind of mixed the essentials edition with the starter set which are very very similar the starter set has lost minds of finn yeah and which i've which is a I've great run,
1: i've run that one three times i think yeah so i could probably just do that one from memory
0: sure and so i kind of mix them up but i took the in the essentials you get the companion and you get the cards and stuff i was wondering and,
1: yeah this so the essentials kit i i don't have that one i was actually curious about what else in there
0: so it, i think but if you've already found them i don't know if i'd recommend it although it's probably only like 20 bucks yeah the big thing is are those companion cards and like coming up with the rules to okay. do that just to play one-on-one it is more like you still go to the same city but there's more of just like a jobs board there's no like you know you're not yeah it's more sandboxy um but so my wife gets this adventure or companion or whatever and the first thing that happens in lost minds of findelden or whatever it's called is you get jumped by goblins on on the trail right oh yeah and so she she goes into it right away and she's killing it but her companion dies And so, like, we're on the road, and it's like, nope, let's bring the adventure to a halt, and I need to go back and tell his family. (laughs) So, it's like, which isn't that big a disruption, but, like, I don't have... I don't even remember what city you come from. Like, I don't have that like available to me. Like, I did not map out the giant ass city from Dungeons and Dragons and I don't know anything about it. But it's like, okay, let's let's go back and That's when you're like, okay, well you tell me what city he's from. You tell me who his parents are. <laughs> let's go back and pay homage to this very generic mage that happened to die and you're attached to him and his donkey. One on one, RPG is a very fun experience. Yeah. Um but it's very I've struggled with it. Um, I think it's a little bit harder.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the last time I did one-on-one with her was probably five, six years ago. So she's five or six years old at the time. And when we were doing it then... It was almost like we were just making up a story as we go and rolling dice every once in a while, right. I mean there was literally i i never wrote down anything at all in preparation, so now I'm you know we're actually using a d and d character sheet and trying to trying to follow the rules a little bit
0: <laughs> That's awesome though that's so cool that uh that you're playing with your daughter, yeah, um, I need to get back to my my wife's doing like uh so we we put d and d because like I, I kind of like, hey, do you want to try D&D? And then we did, and she's having a blast. I was like, so I know fantasy is not your jam. Like, here's the other things we can do. I was like, you can be a teen and investigate like modern day stuff. And so that's what we're doing. She's like in the southern kids town. kids on bikes? Or? It is kids on bikes. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, I'm really
1: interested in that system.
0: That's cool. And then there's a, just like, so you know, I don't know if your uh, daughter's like big into Harry Potter or something like they have oh, yeah. a Harry Potter esque <laughs> one now.
1: Oh, okay. For kids on bikes,
0: I think it's called Kids on Brooms.
1: Oh my gosh, I gotta get that now.
0: I have not played it, but I have played Kids on Bike, and it's 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 very good.
1: Yeah, I was looking at both Kids on Lo- Bikes and Tales from the Loop because oh, I thought Tales both of those so sounded really interesting.
0: I think if it's if for your daughter, though, I, I mean, I'm sure she would like Tales from the Loop. As a matter of fact, I when I first played Tales from the Loop, it was in a uh, like, open RPG day at the friendly local game store, and, like, one of the players was one of the guys' son, and he was probably 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that. Uh-huh. And so, like, he still got it. I think where Tales from the Loop sh- sh- shines is, like, being set in the 80s. Yeah. But, It's like I mean, Stranger Things. I mean, it's. It, it is. It is. With weird technology running around. Right.
1: And you can play in, like, either the U.S. or Norway or something, right? You can play it wherever. Like, but, I mean, it's bring... got, like, two distinct settings.
0: Yeah, it's got like a map for Seattle. Okay. Is is basically what it comes down to, but like who's to say that that's not St. Louis? Right. Like I have a a backburner like county fair thing I want to run there, but like a that like I'm going to run in like rural Kansas if I ever get a chance to run it. It's very cool. It's it's the D6 system which has like the push and the consequences. Um have you played the Free League D6 stuff yet? No. Yeah. It's good. It's good, good, good. Uh, speaking of RPG stuff, so we've talked about Warhammer Fantasy role-playing before.
1: Yeah, I think we've got one session left. I think we're... uh, Oh, really? Yeah, I think Tuesday we're going to finish it up. I mean, we're going to continue on, I think, but we're basically ending the first, whatever you want to call it, campaign or module.
0: Nice. Has your character done much progression? (laughs) Have you advanced? A little
1: bit. So we basically all sort of leveled up you know, maybe halfway through or something. And just because I thought it was interesting, I, I, instead of leveling up, I sort of leveled sideways. (laughs) So I, I just kind of, I took on a new profession and changed a little bit just because it felt right for my character and it worked out great. I have no regrets about it, but, um, yeah, everyone else, uh, Everyone else got better, I got different.
0: <laughs> I'm no longer a rat catcher, I am a pest control specialist.
1: So actually I went from being a student to being a grave robber. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make
0: got to make ends meet, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So I I distinctly remember we were talking and what sold me about that game is that it's street level. We've talked about that. Yeah. And I I very distinctly remember one of us saying like Oh, yeah, the big Space Marine stuff doesn't apply to me or the guy in Giant Palpins. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm running one shot of Wrath and Glory, which is the Warhammer 40K, the new or redone RPG. So, I'm a big fat sink and liar because I can't wait to uh play that, which is just set in... um It's set in this very... Everything's messed up in the 40K world. It's all gloom and everything sucks, but it's this system where everything double sucks and... uh I'm just so into the the 40k lore, and Joel Eddie did a video on the Age of Sigmar lore. Um, so like now I'm starting to venture into that stuff, and but that's, I I that's don't a have an hole inter-
1: that I have not gone down.
0: <laughs> I am not interested in Warhammer Fantasy Age of Sigmar roleplay, but I can't wait to play Wrath and Glory, which is a D6 system. I also can't play. wait to play uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Um, one of the guys that you and I play RPGs with is talking about firing that up. Because, oh, cool. I mean, that's been on my radar since you mentioned it. So yeah. hopefully this year I'll get that going. Um, nice. So since I brought it up, I'll make this quick. I've been reading the Horace Heresy novels, which are kind of the – um. That's like the main plot line of we're in the forty thousandth millennium, but you know, ten thousand years ago there was the Horus Heresy, and it's kind of the backdrop to the whole Warhammer setting. And those books are way better than I thought. And so I'm on to book four. I'm I switched to um, uh, Sisters of Battle book that's set in the forty K time period, and read through the first three books, and they were just like. Can't get enough of them. Can't get enough of all the different stuff going on. Love it. Um, it's interesting that like now I'm reading something in the 40K and I'm reading the Wrath and Glory book and like how and like reading about Necromunda and stuff. Make this short is like how much things suck in the 40K world. Like they do a really good job and it's a group of authors telling like the first four or six books or something like that. So like Dan Abnett starts but he's not the one that's writing book four. So it's like a collaborative effort and they do a really good job. But they start off with, like, you like everyone, and this doesn't seem like that bad a place. But then I'm reading this other stuff where, like, the universe is awful in 40K. Like, it is just a shithole. Yeah. And so it, it's an interesting contrast to be, like, reading this kind of, like, book that starts upbeat, but now things have gotten really bad. And then, like, to compare that to where it's at now, it's, uh, it's fun. It's good. I really like the fiction way more than I ever thought it was. I thought it was just going to be crap because (laughs) I mean, well, that's what I get for assuming. Yeah. And then some other fiction I read, have you read red rising? Did we talk, we talked about this already, didn't we?
1: We've talked about it. I haven't read it.
0: Oh, it's good. So I was really, I think I told you that I was like not digging it. Yeah. But then it kind of like sunk its claws in and like, as soon as they get to, it's kind of like Harry Potter on, uh, Mars. Um, in the sense that these kids kind of go to school, but it's it's way different. It's not like there's no alchemy class. Once they kind of get to the school, quote unquote, I was like in deep. And so Stonemaier Games has a Red Rising game coming out. Oh, okay. Um, But it's very like, I think it's just kind of a little bit of a pace it on theme. Like it looks yeah. cool, but it's more of a like a card play game. Like you have to play a card and pick up a card and it activates the location as you pick up the card, but not while you play the card. So it looks fun, pretty light, but, um, I did finish that book and it was, I ended up giving it four out of five stars, even though I still like, don't believe the main character, like what, I don't know. She's kind of an ass, but
1: good stuff. For fiction, we're finishing up the Mistborn trilogy. I've already, we're listening to it. I've already, I've already read it, but my wife is, she's into it now too. So, uh, once we finish that, i Really want to move on to something that neither of us has heard because we've been kind of for a while just doing audiobooks where we listen to them together. And it's kind of like, I like this one. So you should hear it. You like this one. So I should hear it. Uh, but I want to find something neither of us has done. We haven't we have done that before with a couple and we liked them, but uh, I want to do that
0: next. I'm not sure what it'll be, though. Let me let me tell you about Horus Rising. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> have Red you read heresy? <laughs> have you read Norse mythology? By, By Neil, Neil Gaiman? Gaiman. Uh-huh. she has and she really oh, wants okay. me to hear it yeah <laughs> it, well so the good news there's one that's like that was available from the library and right. it was also pretty short oh was it okay yeah i think it's only like six or seven hours
1: yeah one thing we did do similar to that is the uh the the greek heroes and greek mythology by Stephen uh uh fry
0: and was that good those were pretty
1: good. We listened to the... Yeah, yeah. And I think he actually wrote those as well as read them. So and they were pretty good. He's he's weird and funny, so...
0: Yeah, and he's... Uh, I think we've talked about it. Like, he's one of your favorite audio narrators, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's up there.
0: Ooh, let me... Ask, have you read the Abhorsen trilogy by Garth Nix?
1: No, I don't think I've ever heard of that.
0: Okay. Abhorsen? The big Abhorsen. The first book is called... Um, Sabriel S A B R I E L The big selling point here is it's narrated by Tim Curry and oh, okay. he smashes it out of the park. And it's kind of like I think it's probably classified as young adult but it's it's not like a young adult book. It's not like Red Rising or anything like that. It's just you have a kind of a teenage uh hero as the trilogy starts and they're not very long they're probably each book's probably yeah 10 12 Honestly, hours
1: Mistborn is that way I mean the main character she's like 15 when it starts by the third book she's yeah But
0: I don't know 21. if anyone's counting like Missborn as young adult like this is pretty light reading is okay. what I would say and I don't I don't know if Mistborn's that way or not I don't my assumption is it isn't but um you should see if you can get that from your library just to hear Tim Curry narrate. Because yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. I'll check that yeah.
0: out. Yeah, and it's, and it's a good series. It's like uh, they're kind of like necromancers almost, but they have these like series of bells, and each bell is like a different power. Yeah, it's like some bells like rejuvenate life, and then there's like one bell like if if it if whatever hears it it kills it, you know. I like, uh, I like
1: books with interesting and unique magic systems. Th-
0: then, yeah, check out... It's it's pretty cool because there's, like, an old world where magic exists, but then there's also, like, a modern world that, like, butts up against it, and sometimes the magic, like, spills over into the modern world. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, Sabriel by Garth Nix. Check it mm. out. Nice. Uh, have you been doing any uh, Star Wars Legion? No.
1: Uh, no I haven't played in a few weeks actually just been doing other stuff instead cool which cool, also cool, means cool. I haven't been painting anything but I don't have that much I mean I have some stuff unpainted right now but there's nothing that I'm playing with that's unpainted so
0: so you know Todd right Todd Reed yeah he has a he's got a YouTube channel uh wardrobe plays right. World War II mm-hmm. and he's got this yeah whole I'm looking deal for of... an
1: invite to his house come on Todd hook me up yeah. I want to see <laughs> yeah. your basement man he lives I like, would like an invite he as lives well. right by me.
0: Um he's got this big 20 minutes a day thing and it's not 20 minutes every day it's just average that for the week and yeah. like that's really motivated me to like keep going and then it's also driven uh, we talked about Chain of Command which is a, a skirmish level World War 2 I've started my fins. Okay, this, I big... was wondering
1: what game that was for. I saw your I saw your your winter soldiers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so like there's a uh Winter War rule set or well, just an army list really the, the rules are kind of the same it you know what chain of command kind of reminds me of is last hundred yards really well just in the sense that like you need things to happen or be able to see things to be able to respond in oh, a certain okay. way sure and that was kind of a big selling point for me not just that it's skirmish world war Two, but it's like I think for, like, to order your tank to, you know, put a shell into that building, like, you need to know the guys are in there or suspect or something. is kind of how it was pitched to me, which sounded interesting. Hmm. Like, I don't think you can just go down, like, and drive your tank through every, like, farmhouse. Yeah. Maybe, or something like that. So, uh sounded interesting. So, that's what those are. Everything else has just been uh <laughs> Warhammer stuff that I've been painting.
1: So, speaking of models, though, um it was actually it was just last night when i was playing downtown and the vessel server crashed for a little while so we were just kind of chatting waiting for it to you know kept trying waiting for it to come back up and eventually it did but in that time we were talking about a bunch of stuff and and one thing i was thinking was um when i was a kid i used to love doing plastic models of aircraft and i was playing downtown and just thinking i really want to do an f4 i want to just like go to the hobby store get a model of an f4 and, and put it together and paint it up
0: did you did no, buy no,
1: not yet. But see, this, <laughs> I can't drive right now. So that that saves oh. me from a lot of these impulse purchases. But I do have Amazon at my fingertips as well. But I really want to do an F4 and I think I might.
0: Damn that. You know what? I looked at a model for another Vietnam plane. Yeah. And I don't. And what's interesting was, is it wasn't like a great piece of technology. And I think it was a bomber oh man that's gonna drive me nuts
1: was it a propeller or a jet
0: i think it was propeller
1: was it the i think the a1 Skyraider.
0: maybe yeah those actually were, it may- those
1: were a little workhorse propeller bombers in vietnam yeah
0: and so then i kind of i think i i think it was i think it was a sky Raider. awesome thank you because <laughs> it was gonna bug me if i couldn't think of it um i just i i don't know like i don't think they were great and maybe they have their problems and whatnot but um at some point i actually did look into getting a a model of those
1: yeah yeah i so just you, i love the way the
0: f4 looks you would get an f4 huh
1: yeah f4. a little the way the wings tilt up in the back and the, the tail tilts down and
0: see i i i don't see it to uh, be honest Not my favorite
1: plane of all time, but it's one of my favorites. Oh, what's your favorite plane of all time? uh, F-15. I think part of it, too, is that so the Missouri Air Guard flew F-4s. Okay. And I grew up like three miles south of the airport or something. So those guys are roaring over my head all the time. And they built the F-15s here in St. Louis, and those guys would fly over my head all the time. So, those two planes in particular, seeing them in the air, I mean, at least once a week, it got me really to fall in love with those two.
0: Nice. I, I, F-15's cool. I'm pretty picky, like, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. In the sense of, like, I think that looks cool and that doesn't look cool, I guess, if that's picky. I think, like, Corsairs look really cool, too. And um, Yeah. But... I've got a Corsair pin from uh retro 51. That's pretty cool. It's got like the paint scheme. Uh, it's a nice pin. All right.
1: Yeah. If I, then I'll, then I'll probably have to buy an airbrush too though. And then yeah, there's another myself. rabbit hole. I've fallen down. <laughs>
0: I, I thought about it and I was like, well, we want to get a compressor, which I, I need to get ordered. I told my wife, I would do it. I keep putting it off. <laughs> um, just a compressor for filling up tires and, um I got to put some trim up in the house anyway so I'm going to I'm going to need it anyways and I was like I wonder how noisy would it be if I just got um a, a spray brush and hook it up and like run the cord inside but it would probably be like kicking on all the time <laughs> like cuz I know they make specific compressors for painting
1: probably yeah
0: and they're I don't I don't think they're crazy but like I probably like that's probably not a not a sale to my wife right now (laughs) especially when she wants like I don't know her her low tire pressure she just seems to have rotten luck with it some of its weather and some of it have been leaks at the the dealership's and stuff but anyways she always I was like well you can just run to quick trip and go fill it up for free and I think she's kind of fed up for that so I told her I would get one Uh, anything else going on anything else you want to address
1: no i think that's it i'm looking forward to playing more games i'm i'm just really looking forward to cons i'm um, we got Dude, we're gonna Con see each other weeks. in I know. four
0: weeks three four weeks i'll be fully vaccinated you're yeah. already fully vaccinated
1: yeah it's just like a month away at this point and then yeah kc not too far after that so
0: empire in arms that i'm doing uh GCACW yeah is uh
1: starting to so have virus remorse on empire in arms though <laughs> Are you? I don't know. I mean, we we started playing online a little bit, and then it right. fell yeah, apart. That? So I think we're just going to play it all when we get there. I'm sure I'm going to have a great time, but I think I'm probably going to be looking over at GCACW going, that looks fun.
0: Oh, oh, you just mean for what you signed up for? I thought yeah. you bought a copy. Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. No, oh, okay, Yeah, just okay. signed it yeah, up for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: Well, no, that's always the case, right? It's yeah. like, it's impossible to choose, because then I was thinking, like, damn, it would be fun to just do a fleet weekend, too. I was like, no, I've already... <laughs> I'm good on GCACW. We need so. to
1: find some good evening games.
0: Yes. Yes, assuming I'm standing. Nah, Just that's kidding. Fine. I'll you be can fine. Sit down. I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good boy. <laughs> um good. Well, I think that's it for me too. Just uh miniatures and I've been I was telling uh actually uh jason from ac had something in kansas city oh that's
1: right i saw that
0: (laughs) tornado sirens are going off like while he's at the cigar pipe and cigar shop on my way over the house Was like hey man like probably don't need to worry about those but just let you know those are tornado sirens and it was like (laughs) i live near 135th street and i think it touched down at like 199th so it's fine (laughs) and uh i mean the good thing about those is you guys were gonna get dinner
1: weren't you
0: we well see i'm not going out to eat but like we were picking up barbecue and we're gonna eat on the and like at three or four i text him i was like hey there's only like a 10 percent chance of rain and by like the time he's way on his way over massive storm with a confirmed tornado touchdown like all this lightning and thunder i was like yeah so much for no rain we just did my garage and like spaced out and stuff and it was cool um damn it where was i going with this there was a point to actually bringing up the (laughs) fact that this happened
2: Many oh I was telling cons. him I know
0: what it was That I was reading I've got to, Like I know I've been Reading historical stuff But like This is the most I've ever read In my life I've just been on a binge It seems like Which is great It's good stuff I need to get back To some historical stuff So Yeah That's that um, A reminder about the con Historic Fest July 30th Through August 1st Here in Overland Park uh, There's a Facebook page There's a website Historicfest.com historic h-i-s-t-o-r-i-k-c fest so historic with an extra k added in there or just look for our facebook page or if you join our discord there's a history on the table discord just ask me for an invite the links, i don't want to make the links permanent um so they're only good for seven days or forever how long i set them for uh just send me an email you'll get in there's no secret thing about it um there's a like a con question there and just announcements that I also posted to the Discord. We've got that. We've got a Facebook page just for the uh, podcast. History on the Table with Matt and Rich. Um, you can see pictures of my daughter reading the TI4 lore <laughs> book. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, I was just going to say.
1: TI4 now too.
0: TwilightWars.com. But you need to own a copy of Twilight Imperium 4th Edition to play, but it's uh, a web implementation of Twilight Imperium. Uh, We've got a Patreon, which uh, our patron live chat is Saturday at 8.30. If you're a patron, just come hang out. There's nothing to it. Um, Just hanging out, talking about whatever. It doesn't even have to be war game related, so that'll be this Saturday. We do that once a month. I've opened that up to all patrons levels, so whether you're giving a couple bucks or whatever. uh, It just helps cover the cost, or get close to help covering, covering the cost of doing the show. Um got a youtube channel now history on the table just do a search for it and then rich and i have twitter i'm at history table pod
1: trapeer jr jr trapeer jr
0: did i miss anything else
1: no i think that covers it
0: how are, how are your blues doing
1: uh it's just you know they, they're not doing well at all they're in fourth place um they're gonna make the playoffs probably but there's just the injuries for the blues have been ridiculous this year. Kind of racking up Like on at that. one point, six of our top nine forwards were out Jeez. and there's not too many teams in the league. They're going to do well with that. So no, yeah, no, no. So at all. it's just, you know, rough year.
0: Well, the Canes are doing great. The Jets are kind of like up and down. They're yeah, still the having a great year, but really great. The Canes are doing like outstanding. Um, Columbus has been getting them in trouble. It's weird this year with like the playing teams so much in a row, but um, they've been yeah. a lot of fun to watch. There was one the Canes point, are always fun to watch.
1: There was one point where the Blues and uh, I think it was okay. Arizona played seven games in a row earlier this that's year. <laughs> crazy.
0: It's like baseball to the extreme. Yeah. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for us. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email, history tab- history table podcast at gmail.com is our Gmail account or whatever messaging service. We have Instagram, whatever. You can send us a letter. All of it's good. Everyone have a good night. We'll be back uh, next month. It'll be a little tricky, but we'll figure it out. We'll get an episode out maybe before the convention, after tax season. We'll thread the needle. All right, Rich, that's going to do it. Everyone have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
1: enjoy. Play some games. Have fun.
0: That's right. See you.